The title of the message today is Weapons of Mass Destruction. Who can think about some weapons that is having mass destruction that takes the whole humanity? I would like to start with, um, this is going to be kind of a Bible study. We're going to be building concepts in here, and I, I'm going to um, I'm gonna challenge you today. I'm going to ask a question. Who in here has an invisible friend? Well, I pray that everybody has an invisible friend. All right. So I'm reading 2 Corinthians 4.18. says, while we look not at the things we are, which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We live in a world which is more physical, touch, hear, it's like we see, can touch, and hear, and smell, but our spiritual the real world that we belong to is the spiritual. It's an invisible, it's an imaginary, it's you all go here. Until the day that we can see face to face our Jesus Christ. I would like to start with a quote. I read this uh, many years ago and it really shocked me. It says here, um, it was the letter that Mrs. White wrote in July 6, 1902, referring to a, uh, something that was happening in those days. On a certain occasion, when Betherton, it was a very famous actor in those days, was dining with Dr. Sheldon, who was an Archbishop of Canterbury, the Archbishop said to him, Pray, Mr. Betherton, <coughs> tell me why it is that you actors affect your audience so powerfully by speaking of things that are imaginary or not real. So the actor told the archbishop and said, my lord, replied, with due submission to your grace, permit me to say that the reason is plain. It all lies in the power of enthusiasm, like belief, you know, that, you're, that you know what it is, you're, you're in it. We on stage speaks of things imaginary as if they were real. And you, in the pulpit, speaks of real things as if they were imaginary. So today, I'm going to challenge you because we are going to be talking about imaginary things, heavenly things. What am I saying? When, when I ask if we have an imaginary friend, what will be your imaginary friend? Angels, what else? Jesus Christ, too, because he promised that he is with, with us every day. Today's message will require you to master all your childlike faith. You can possibly master. This is why Jesus accepts you become a little children you should not enter the kingdom of heaven because of little children believe and they have their connection more wider. I'm reading in Ephesians 6:12, For our battle is not against flesh or blood, 
but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world rulers of the darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. So I don't know about you, but do you realize that we are in the middle of a warfare? From the moment that we open our eyes into the moment that even we go to bed, we are in the middle of a battlefield. How many of you really believe that? Amen. We are in a supernatural conflict. We are in a supernatural warfare against supernatural enemies. And I know we, uh, last time we spoke, I spoke, we talked about the face of an enemy. But let me read something that we, we, do, we really do not understand as we should, the great conflict that's going on between invisible agencies. We get up in the morning and we focus on work. We get up in the morning and, and, and our mind is, is all geared on be on time at work, deadlines, you know, when the next check, our the entire frame of thoughts is geared for physical things, our work. But when it comes to God thing, the important things that because we are in the middle of the warfare, we don't even thought think of that until maybe if, if you're lucky enough halfway or when you have lunch and you remember to pray. We have more than human beings in this room today. Do you realize that? We, let me tell you, this is a real warfare. This warfare is so real and serious that there are angels who are <coughs> right now that will take my words and will twist them will rearrange them before it gets to your heart. And if they cannot do that, they will stand in front of you to block the very words to enter into your heart. And if that doesn't work, it's going to make you fall asleep. If that doesn't work, it's going to send you texts or emails. He will do anything in their power to prevent you from listening. We are talking about a supernatural warfare. This is not a make-believe matter. We are not dealing with imaginary forces. We are dealing with serious, real, invisible forces. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6, 10, and 11, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on, on the whole armor of God. Why does God tell us that we need to put our armor of God? Because we are in the battlefield. We, if, we, if you think that you're going to leave the house without putting something to protect you, and many of us, we do that in a, a daily, daily life, we're doomed to failure. You need to say, continue, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, that word have different meanings. You have a tactics, strategies, or schemes of the devil. So if we are not ready, we are not prepared, by the time we get out of our bed, we are a dead soldier. In Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon forged to be used against you will succeed. The Bible talks about weapons. It talks about spears. It talks about missiles. It talks about 
real, real weapons in the Bible. And I'm going to review just a few. There's <coughs> I'm going to review with you some weapons that the devil uses. Because if God is asking you to be watchers, we need to know what to look for, right? If we know that we are in the battlefield, we need to know our enemy, which we talked about last month. And if we know our enemy, we need to know what kind of weapons he's going to use on us so you will be able to recognize it, right? <coughs> because if not, weapons are going to blow on your face and you will not even know that was the devil blowing missiles to you. Let me read something in 2 Corinthians 2.11. We should not ignore against the devil's devices. What is the device? When God tells you, you should not ignore against devil devices. If we are not supposed to ignore it, we need to know what they are, right? That Satan should get an advantage of us, we, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We need to know what those are. So today, we're going to be reviewing a few of them. And in some of them, I'm going to make um, a parallelism of some movies, because you know how Satan is. He counterfeits pretty much everything, right? It's amazing. It's really amazing. If we do not understand, if we do not recognize where those devices are, then we are doomed. We're done. <coughs> so I'm asking for you guys to put your glasses, your spiritual glasses, because we are going to go into the mind on the actual weapons that the devil uses on us. And this is just a scratch. We're just going to be reviewing just a few ones. And I'm sure you're going to you're gonna, um, recognize some of them. But next time that that happens, you will know that a missile just blow up in your, in your face. You need to take care of that. Okay? Are you ready? So I will suggest you take notes because this is important. It's the life and death. It's a battle to the death. Devil weapons. The first one that he have, or which he uses a lot, is eyeglasses. You know, God have eyeglasses. The devil also have eyeglasses. The only difference is that the uh, devil's eyeglasses, it makes us see things better. You know how the pasture is always greener on the other side? Seeing always looks better, shiner, exciting. Um, is all the bad stuff that make looks much ex nicer, but then when you're having a trouble or you have going through crisis, those crises appears to be bigger than what they are. Well, those are the devil's glasses. In Genesis three six, we we see it that the devil used those in Adam and Eve. They saw that fruit better and juicier than anything else. We also saw that. When Satan tried to have Jesus' temptations, he made things bigger and better. Um, I want to also read, we need to, I'm reading from our, um, our Higher Calling, page 319. It says, we need not be left as a prey to Satan's power. If you permit him to do this, he will tell you that your troubles are the most grievous, the sorest troubles that our mortals ever born. He will place 
his magnifying glasses before your eyes and present everything to you in exaggerated form to overwhelm you with discouragement. And these are the ones that the Satan used the most on those individuals that kill themselves. They, can, they, they see things that are so big that they don't see any other way. Now, we also, we're going to review some, some missiles that he uses a lot, and I'm sure you will recognize because I just chose the most common ones. He, um, in Ephesians 6, Ephesians 6, 16, he, talk, he says, Above all, taking the shields of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to crunch or stop or protect all the fiery darts. The word in Greek is bellows, of which it means missiles, okay, of the wick wicked. So a missile is, is a bomb, pretty much, when the missiles... A missile is, is, some, is a bomb that is sent from far away and finds you and detonates where you are. So you don't have to have the enemy right there in front of you, but the bomb will hit you anyway. The first missile that the Satan uses a lot is called thoughts bomb. Has any of you have been in the middle of mind your own business and suddenly a thought comes to your mind? Boom. Hits you. <coughs> Those are very common and very frequent. Let me read to you um, a letter written, letter number 244, written in 1907. It says, for thousands of years, Satan has been experimenting upon the properties of the human mind. And he has learned to know his know our mind well. By his subtle working in these last days, he is linking the human mind with his own, imbuing it with his thoughts, and he is doing this work in so deceptive matter that those who accept his guidance know not that they are being led by him at this will. The great deceiver hopes so to confuse the minds of men and women that none but his voice will be he heard. <coughs> so those are the thoughts. The second one is feel bomb. Those are very common. Have you ever woke up in the morning cranky and you don't know why? <laughs> it caused the bomb come silently and detonate and you didn't even realize it. You don't understand those feelings of anger and irritation. And those are part of the devil's arsenals. So next time that you get up in the morning in a, in a bad feeling or cranky, you know that the devil just detonated a bomb and you need to take action. Otherwise, he will destroy you that day. The next one is the sleep bomb. The sleep bomb. Sleep. You know the one that you're great, you're coming to church, you're awake, you're great, and you're feeling awesome, but as soon as you walk into those doors and sit on the church, you suddenly become tired and sleepy. So next time that you are feeling sleepy at the church, you can blame it on probably, you know, you went to bed late or no. Because outside, when before you came in, you were wide awake. Okay? 
The spirit of prophecy tells us that when we fall asleep in the church, it is the work of the enemy to prevent us from hearing the very word we need to hear. Okay? So next time that you're falling asleep, that is a bomb detonating in front of you. And if you don't do anything about it, you're a bad soldier and you're going to die for it. And also, it's not only in the church that happens. Have you ever tried to read the Bible? And what happens when you start reading the Bible? I mean, you feel great. You're awake. You're energized. It's like, let me spend 15 minutes to read the Bible. And what happened? The next thing you know, you're waking up in the morning the next day. Or you are very sleepy. And you're like, oh, and you your mind wanders going somewhere else. Do you think that's a coincidence? No. So from now on, every time that you feel sleepy at the church, you know that's a devil's bombshell. Every time that you sit down to read the Bible, that's a direct bomb that exploded in front of you if you're sleeping want to remind you, Ephesians 6, 12, and I'm going to repeat this over and over, because we are fighting not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evils in heaven, in the heavens. The next one, <coughs> let me tell you about, well, this is very dangerous, is found in Jeremiah 17, 1, it reads, the sin of Judah is written with the pen of iron. And it's not any pen of iron, it says, and with the point of a diamond. It is graven, gra graven upon the top of our hearts. So every time, you know, if you're, if you're walking and then suddenly a, th a thought comes that happens to you 20 years ago, those thought bombs, if you get those feelings, if you get those thoughts, and you, and you don't do anything about it, guess what the devil's going to do? He's going to make it deeper. He's going to make it deeper, deeper, harder to get rid of. The next one is the sonic bomb. Have you ever been in the supermarket, and then the song comes in the speakers, and suddenly all your feelings and emotions come surface and reminds you of something that happened 10, 20 years ago? In my case, maybe over 50 years ago, 40 years ago. Anyway, and then those songs, uh, sonic bombs, will bring you those bad feelings. And again, if you don't do anything about them, it will chisel deeper and deeper, harder to get rid of. Number six, what about nerve gas? Do you know when suddenly everything gets to your nerves? Does that sound familiar? Or when you say, you know, that person really hits me in the wrong way. Is my nerve gets all icky. Well, guess what? A bomb just detonated. What are you going to be doing ab about it? It's important to recognize those missiles and those bombs because if you don't do anything about it, the devil will 
use his iron pen and he write things in your heart deeper and deeper. The other one is booby traps. Do we have booby traps? <coughs> you could be in your house and you could be happy. I mean, I don't know if you, re if you recall a, mo a moment that you've been happy singing, cleaning the house, and suddenly someone says something or suddenly you, you see something that you have telling your kid for about 20 years every single day and you see it and suddenly the great controversy burst. And from one moment to the next you were very, very happy and then the next you are like, in, you know, exploding. Guess what? Now you start recognizing that the devil have bomb traps, booby traps. Remember, we are struggling, we're fighting against, not with flesh and blood, but with the supernatural powers. And also, the last one that I'm going to be covering is the de devil's abyss. Where is an abyss? Abyss. Abyss? Abyss. When he lets you believe that you have gone so far, even to the point of suicide. If you ever feel a thought thinking that you have gone too far, guess what? It's a bomb. The devil is letting you think that you went too far. But we know that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. But let me tell you, my beloved, God also has weapons of mass destruction. Now, you're only going to cover very few because I'm running out of time. God's weapon, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 4. For th though we live in human beings, as human beings, we do not wage war according to human standards. For the weapons of our warfare are not human weapons, but are made powerful by God for tearing down strongholds. So the first weapon, I'm going to go very few. I'm only going to cover... <coughs> about three or four. Jesus Christ, when he was born in here, um, in, in earth, he received three of them. And remember that we talk about in Sabbath school today, the, 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 the Bible is written not only historically, but also spiritually. And uh, everything that God allowed to be put in the Bible has a special meaning for us. And one of the things... <coughs> One of the three gifts that the, the Magi brought to Jesus when he was born. It was gold, frankincense, and? Okay. In the Bible, gold is referred to, in, it has different meanings, but one of them is faith. Gold represents faith. Before we can access any weapons from God, we have to possess faith. And Peter also connects faith with gold in First Peter in First Peter one seven. The next one, <coughs> the second one is frankincense. What is frankincense? Frankincense is, is a very is a ar aromatic oil. In the Bible, frankincense is used as represent prayers. Is our two way of communication system with God. As we exercise faith and as we begin to use prayer, you know the devil will come and will do everything he can do to interrupt the sound wave 
to cut off the flow of the incense that goes to heaven. And he will use anything. He will use all those mysteries that we use, thoughts, music, you know, anything. The tax, sleeping, you name it. He will use whatever it takes to cut off your time of prayer. This day is very easy because we are so busy at work that he has no problem with that one. So we can overcome the Satan's weapons, weaponry by having faith in Christ and communi continual communication with Jesus by prayer. And that is precisely what the devil does not want you to do. Amen? Because he knows, the devil knows, that if we begin to use frankincense power, we will begin to regain the victory against him. Can anyone here can use some frankincense power right now? We all do. What about myrrh? What was myrrh used for in those days, in Jesus' time? Embalming. Embalming the dead body. So I... So I would like to call the weapons of the death power. You want to know what is death power is? Death to self. We are having too many near-death experiences here. We, sometimes we, we receive the Holy Spirit call, and, and one moment you, we are praying, and, and we're giving ourselves to Christ, and, and we, self is almost dead. Almost, almost dead. But then the devil come and revives them again. So we live our life half dead. Half dead. But we need that myrrh by faith and prayer that will kill self, or which is sinful. The next one, um, I don't know if you, you know, right now superheroes movies are in the rising. Everybody's looking for superheroes. And, um, and there is a movie that we watched uh, many years ago. It's called, um, what's the name of that movie? Just I had half four. Fantastic Four. <coughs> have anybody watched Fantastic Four? They have like the, the, the torch, the, the invisible person, and um, <coughs> the, the rock. But... You know, the devil is counterfeiting that, too, because we do have all those powers. You know that? Do you know that, that we have the power of flying? Let's go to uh, um, check, write those Bible verses, because when you go back home, you need to realize that we do have all those powers to fly and torch and all those things. Isaiah 40, 31 reads, but those who wait for the Lord's help find renewed strength. They will rise up as they had eagles' wings. They will run without growing weary, and they will walk without getting tired. Does anybody here need a pair of wind, wings? Can you imagine we have anti-gravitational power? Who in here are using that? 
When the devil comes and pulls you down, you can fight back by asking the Lord to grant you those superpower spiritual wings. Help me to rise above this temptation, Lord. But to be able to do that, you need to recognize them. You need to recognize those weapons. When Jesus walked upon the waters, it was not just to show up that he had the power. It was to let us know that he can rise us above the sin. And, and I know people like to read comic books. But believe me, my dear family, we have uh, the real, the real, the real thing. The next one is the power to flame up. And Matthew 3.11 says, Indeed, baptize you with water into repentance, but he that comes after me is mighty than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Do you understand what it means when God wants to give you the power of the flame? We need to, we need to, or be cold or hot. Because if you're not either or, you're done. But God wants you hot, burning. You, he wants you to burn on. God wants you to become like human torch on his love. When you flame on the, when you blame on the devils, cannot come close to you because when you are covered with the flame of God's love, he cannot touch you. Now, anybody here would like the ability to flame on? Let me tell you, there's nothing more exciting. Nothing, nothing more exciting to see a Christian fire up. We need more supernatural powers in our Christian life. What about being invis invisible? Anybody here would like to be invisible? Oh, man. Let's go to uh, Colossians 3, 1 to 4. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, keep thinking about things above. You need to keep thinking about things in heaven, not things on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So when the devil comes to tempt you, he will not be able to see you. Why? He will see Christ, and he will run away. We need to be invisible to the devil by dying self in the presence of God. Anybody interested to become invisible right now? Remember, we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but we are fighting with supernatural enemies. When we start to understand that we will begin to see our Christianity as a supernatural. What about the shield of grace? Psalm 34, 7 says, The angels of the Lord encamp around and about them that fear him and delivers them. 
That is the shield, beloved. Is there anyone here interested to have the shield of grace? Let me demonstrate. A little prayer, thin shield. Much prayer, thick shields. So if you pray a little bit this morning, you know, when you get up in the morning, like, blah, 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 I mean, you run. And then you go in the street and you receive all kind of bombs and you say, but God, I prayed for your protection. And like, I gave it to you, but the shield was too thin to, to protect you from the sa Satan's weapons. Okay? So if you really want to be protected, you need to have a very thick shield. So those missiles will not go through. Many in this corrupt age have so small a supply of the grace of God that in many instances their defense is broken down by the first assault. And fierce temptation takes them captives. The shield of grace can preserve all unconquered by the temptation of the enemy through surrounded with the most corrupted influences. With such an arsenal like this, we are still walking around getting beat up to death. Remember when we talked about, um, for those who were here, <coughs> we talked about that God wanted us to be a spiritual martial art artist, and we review all those, those trainees. It's the same thing. You know, we have so much arsenal in our, in our disposal, and we go day by day by day by day being beat up by the devil. And God is there, and the angels are there frustrated because they say, I have all this. And you go out there in the street and get beat up every single day. Could it be because that we on stage speak of things imaginary as if they were real? while you in the pulpit speak of things real as if they were imaginary? What about stones of fires? Do we want those? Romans 12, 20 to 21 reads, I'm only going to, um, okay, it said, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So for, so for in doing this, you will be heaping burning coals on his head. So when someone does bad to you, you need to do what? And that is, the Bible referred that to us, burning coals on his head, like throwing rocks of fire. And remember, I'm not saying to take rocks and throw it to people, or which that's what we do. We use our mouth and body language. I'm talking about God, a spiritual stone of fire, but which is doing what? Good. Come on. Against evil. These stones of fire are not stones that you throw to the enemy to hurt them. They are stones of fire of love. You, you return good for evil, and everybody here needs some stones of fire. Do we need some stones of fire today? When God begins to lay out these weapons for us during the time that you spend in his classroom, because I know I've talked about the classroom of God very often. 
<coughs> you, he started to begin to train you how to fight, to be a faith fighter fighter. Why in the world are we going to stay away from Jesus? When he's trying the best he can do to equip you, to train you, and to give you the weapons that you need. But th there's only one way to do that. You've got to go to class. <coughs> I pray that today you have been able to not only recognize how the devil attacks you, and I really pray that next time you start identifying those attacks, you will start identifying those bombshells, and you will start remembering that how to fight those back. And as we all know, and we all always thinking that we are living in the end time, we are all preparing. And as we know and learn that the devil will try to deceive us. <coughs> How many in here think that the devil will not deceive you? I'll be presenting the last Sabbath of April. If you think that you cannot be deceived, you need to think twice because we are deceived right now. So I pray that for those who would like to know, even in our church, the devil has infiltrated. Always that's his job to destroy God's church. And even in our own church, there's a lot of infiltration that, <coughs> that I pray that I'm wrong, but the majority in here are unaware of. So I pray that um, you will come back next four weeks from now so we can hear that. <coughs>